This episode is powered by up-and-coming fitness and accountability specialist Eli G. Anderson. Book your first L.A.-based personal training session today. Functional calisthenics, lean muscle building, sports-style training, and a focus on making fitness fun. All sessions are customized for you. Get four sessions for only $200 by texting THRIVE50 to 860-576-1815. That is 860-576-1815. This only applies to the first 10 people who text this number. Guys, I'm going to level with you. If you're ready to become the healthiest version of yourself, get in touch with my friend Eli today. There's no other opportunity like it. 860 860- Five seven six one eight one five. Also, a huge shout out to my friend Liam Kern. Not only is he my biggest fan and supporter of the show, but CEO and president of Cone Media. Cone Media has proven to be the effective approach to marketing businesses like yours since 2015. Visit www.conemedia.com. That is K-O-H-N Media.com. Schedule your appointment today. Great job, Liam. You have stumbled upon Stars of Tomorrow, where every Friday, I, Mr. Thrive, interview someone like actor Will Cavett, who has not yet been discovered. This up-and-coming podcast talked with the up-and-coming. Will, thanks for joining me on the show today, man. Woo! Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to have you here, too. How have you been? I, I've been good, man. It's, uh, you know, life's, life's ups and downs that naturally come in and such. But, sure. Uh, well, I think you have a great attitude about it. Uh, thanks, it's man. been a minute, and I'm glad, glad to have you here. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. good to see you. Well, just for those who have never met you before, as okay. a vast majority of the audience has never met you before, where are you from? Uh, originally, I'm from Williamsburg, Virginia. Very cool. Very cool. You know, did you what, 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 did you like it there? What what was it? What was it like? It was all right. Um, I actually so I while I was born there, I actually didn't like grow up there until I was like fifth grade. My dad was in the army, so like l- literally like. Within a month after being born, we flew out to uh, Germany, actually, wow. uh, in, to Frankfurt, Germany. Yeah, we uh, so we lived there for a couple of years, uh, and then we rebased to outside of Denver for a while. Um, Dad retired while we were there, and then the original plan was to move up to Winchester, Virginia. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's like a town that's like northern Virginia, but not like D.C., northern Virginia, more like sh- mountains, northern Virginia. Um, and then things didn't really pan out, but my mom's... Uh, extensive extended side of the family uh lived in Williamsburg and that's where we'd been staying and so we were like all right well we'll just move back there and so I'm born and quasi raised I guess you could say sure like, yeah um but no it was it was it was good it was a nice nice town to grow up in but what you're saying though is that that was your favorite trip ever oh that was that was that was the that was the first trip ever which explains why I love to travel so much because I was imprinted at a very very early age right right yeah, like I almost wasn't born in Virginia like my uh I think like the original um what was going to happen was I was born in Germany but then uh, my mother's uh grandmother I think it was like she'd start her health started to fail and so she flew oh. back stateside uh, but then she ended up sticking around for longer than everybody anticipated. And when all was said and done, the doctors was like, yeah, you should not be flying in your condition. So, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, no, she I, well, she lived to like 99 or something like that. Wow. So, yeah, she did well for herself. That's great. That's, yeah. that's my goal, personally. Live, live. Well, I feel like... Live a whole entire century long. I mean, that's that's a pretty epic that's thing to put on epic. your resume. I mean, also, also make sure that those years are worth living for oh, yeah. a century, you know? It, yeah. Enjoy yourself a little bit. Yeah, no, I believe I can live a, a long, happy life. You know, I think I'm, I think I'm doing okay so far. I've lived yeah. the first uh, three, uh, first quarter of it uh, pretty well. Yeah, I think. When did you get into acting? So I guess acting had always been like tapping me on the shoulder and trying to get my attention for like a bunch of my life, but I like I'd never really like paid it serious attention until like midway through. Well, I guess I had like the first huge like. Like where acting like shoved me in the shoulder, being like, "Look, man, you're supposed to be an actor." It was like my senior year of high school, and then I, I after that, I ignored it again until like midway through college. Um, but uh, were, were you scared of that? Or, it wasn't or... that I was scared of it. I was just like, you know, who who becomes a professional actor? Like, who am I? Like, am I actually is, is that the is sure. that the uh, hill I'm gonna die on? Am I gonna try and become a <laughs> professional actor? But um, then, but then, was it a movie then that like? Said... So it was. Uh, 
as I understand it from my mo- my mother told me this story. Uh, I mean, after the fact, but uh, in kindergarten we'd had like a school play, and I got like, if not like the big role, like one of the big roles because I was the only one who could remember all the lines for it. Nice. And so that was like, a, I guess, like an early blip. That, At that uh, age, that's impressive. Yeah, no, I was, I was. Uh, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense because I feel like uh, memorizing lines. This is like one of the things that I'm quicker at than most. I did a minor role in seventh grade. More, it's just like a change of scenery. You'd be like, oh, I want to do something different. I'll try acting again. Um, uh, it wasn't until my senior year of high school that I got like that first big like push. Um, so I was taking a British literature class for English, uh, and we were reading Hamlet and it was kind of a, it kind of leaned into our, uh, senior, I guess not senior project, but like our final project for that English class was we were to read it. Uh, so that we could redact it uh, as a class to a version that the school could use for the school play. Uh, and then so one day after class, my teacher, Mr. Boke, I was like, I think it was like the only year he was there, but it turned out to be pretty uh, formative for me in retrospect. Uh, he pulls me aside and he's like, uh, William, I just got to say, like, when I hear you reading these lines, because we were reading the lines out loud, like sure. you know, different people were reading lines. Sure. So like, he's like, I can genuinely like hear you putting like energy and emotion to it. Have you ever considered acting? And I was like, well, I did like one or two things here and there in like grade school, but no, I never really thought, thought about it. And he's like, I think you should. Uh, and so I auditioned for the play uh, and I got the role of Laertes, the, uh, older, the older brother of Ophelia. Um, Hamlet's love interest. Okay, uh, very cool. And yeah, so, and so yeah, I got to I got to act with a bunch of my friends. Uh, one of my oldest friends uh, played uh, the dad. I can't remember what the dad's name was. Um, but so that was we got to have some cool like time with that. Uh, and then for the final like scene, because there's like the huge like sword fight scene between um, Hamlet and Laertes, where all, everything starts to come out like, oh, the blade's poisoned. He's the one to blame, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I act, we, Hamlet and I, uh, Hamlet was played by Winston Mugford, who I think does acting in New York now. Um, but so we got 20 hours of sword fight training from an actual, like, sword fighting you coach. You did legitimate sword, sword fight training? Sword fight training. Because we, we, we got, like, an actual coach, like, from Colonial Williamsburg. Uh, so that we could use actual broadswords in the final <laughs> scene. It was the most badass I ever felt in high school. That's so cool. And for like the first couple of years of college. Right. That's <laughs> so cool. It was awesome. Like I, I think I still, I don't know if I still have it, but like we had like these uh, old like uh, broom handles, like these long broom handles, like sawed off on both ends. And then like with a rubber band, like on one end to, so like where the hilt would be. Sure. And so we like, like this position, like one, five, you know? And so we just figured out, like we learned like what the different points were. And then once we knew what the different points were, we could like then start to do routines like, okay, one, five, three or something like that. And just like, you know, make gotcha. it look so good. So they, they created a choreography. Oh yeah, absolutely. For you guys to yeah, fight. We had like actual fight, like 20 hours of fight choreography. That's so cool. And yeah, is that now in your resume as like one of your skills that like, you know how to sword fight? Yeah. It's, I, oh, that's it's, so cool. Yeah. It's like, it's like I've done, I've done a bunch of like fight choreography like since then. Um, but I honestly have lost track of how many hours it's been. I could just be like. I've got a lot. I lost track after the first 20. So just, you know. <laughs> just hire me. Yeah, I exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. But so, yeah, after my after my senior year of uh, high school, I just, I went back to like, oh, okay, that was fun. Uh, now I have to get a quote unquote real job in the quote unquote real world. Um, and so I went to the University of South Carolina to study geography. Um, a subject that I'm fascinated with still am. Uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do, but knew that there was a multitude of options and kind of went in with the mindset of, well, if I start studying what I enjoy, then something, as I learn more, something will come along that makes me go, oh, that sounds really fascinating. Let me try that. Or let me see what this is about. A year went by, nothing really did. Two years went by, nothing really did. Uh, and then I think it was like halfway through my third year of college where the department was like, I don't remember if there was like a change in like policy or something like that, but it was like, oh, by the way, you're going to need a minor or a cognate. Um, couldn't think of a cognate that I wanted to do, but it turned out that I was already a third of the way towards completing the theater minor because I'd taken a couple of classes for like electives and stuff like that. Um, I remember one of them, like, I'd, like the first one that I signed up for, I'd heard was like, they were like, oh, it's just like you get to go play Whose Line Is It Anyway for like every class. And I Wait, love really? I loved that show growing up. Yeah, it's and a great show. Yeah, it's, it was a great show. That and was so an elective? 
That well, so it was like um, I think it was like introductory introduction to acting. Okay, uh, but then I ac- accidentally signed up for like history of theater and something like that. So I did like history of theater, oh. and then I had like introductory introduction to acting, and then I think I enjoyed that class so much that I did like beginners acting or something like nice. that. Nice. Um, but yeah, I I did them just like as electives for like to fill out requirements because, and I had fun doing them. Um, but so yeah, it turned out I was already a third of the way towards completing the theater minor and I was like, all right, well I had fun doing that and minors don't have to be related. So I'll just finish this off and then be on my way to my quote unquote real job. Right. Uh, and then over the course of the following years, I just completely fell in love with acting. Like I right. did more acting classes. I did some theater classes. I did a couple of like uh, set design classes. Um, but yeah, so I, I still, I still got the, uh, the, the major, I still got the geography degree, but now I have the minor in theater. In um, that time of transition, you mm-hmm. know, where you, you thought that geography was going to be your shtick, but then you kind of moved on to the passion of acting. Uh, was there like this ever like this this feeling like of, like second like question like sec like like just doubting yourself like or? that in the, that nebulous period in between yeah that that ling that lingo that lim that limbo uh, phase right there I you guess know? it kind of I guess it kind of snowballed for me like all of a sudden the track shifted because um so I was after I don't remember what point in the timeline this was but this was like because all of a sudden it happened over the course of like half a year uh. So fast. Yeah. So so this was like my, it was like the spring semester. Um, and I bumped into somebody that I'd had a film acting class with and we were catching up and I was like, Hey, what's going on lately? Uh, and he's like, I, to be honest, I'm in dire straits. I've got, uh, so a little bit of background information for this story. Uh, there was a group, um, I think they were, they were called like Grindhouse or Greenhouse or something like that. But every every semester they would do a short an anthology of student written, directed, and acted short plays. Uh, and so he was like, I've, I've got this play that I'm putting on uh, and one of my four actors just dropped out and we've got like two or three days to open and I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I was like, well, I'm not really doing anything at the moment. I mean, I don't know how good I'll be, but I'm happy to do what I can. Uh, and then over the course of the ensuing two or three days, I turned out to be better than the original actor had been. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, and it was like I like I remember like jumping right into the uh, like the the rehearsal, and I just kind of like I knew some of the lines, and then I just kind of like fibbed the rest of it and just picked it up as I went along. Uh, but it went really well. Um, and then that let's see, I think it was that fall. Uh, was when I forgot my first uh, professional acting gig uh, with the South Carolina Shakespeare uh, Company um, based in Columbia. And cool. it was it was kind of a similar circumstance. It was like, I, I don't remember how I heard about it, um, but they were like, hi, we're uh, putting on a production of, oh, what was the play? It, was, it wasn't it was a Shakespeare play, but it was like a Shakespearean era play. It was like an Italian comedy. Okay. Um, and one of their minor roles, like a principal role, had dropped out, and they had like a week to open. And I was like... Okay, well, that last time went well, so I'll just do that. And same thing happened. I in a week, out, like you, you uh, had that rolled down. Yeah, in a week, I had it, and it turned out to be better than the original guy did, <laughs> which then got me my next role because somebody in like a nearby company, a workshop, th- no, not workshop theater, it was a high voltage theater. Okay. Um, they were putting on an original. Okay, so this is a cool side story. I'll have to elaborate on it in a minute. Um, but so a guy, a guy approached me. He was like, "Hey, I heard about how great you did on short notice." I've got this supporting role coming up in this play. We've got two weeks to open, and I have to drop out. Can you take over for me? And I jumped in, and it was a great show. Um, but so I get to, to I'm dancing around it. So this was the one one of the uh, locals, a guy named uh, Chris Cook. He uh, had written an adaptation of Dracula for stage, and it was like the first stage adaptation of Dracula that had been cha- sanctioned by the uh, Bram Stoker Foundation. Bram Stoker's the guy who wrote Dracula uh, since like 1927 or something like that. Really? Uh, and be- well, because apparently his like descendants like now live in South Carolina, and so like they worked in co- huh. in conjunction with them to make this. Uh, and so I'm I'm part of the world premiere of Dracula, uh, which like if you find if you find like the uh, the uh, what do you call it not the screenplay the scripts the the book the play right yeah, yeah it was like originally uh, Jonathan Harker originally performed by William Cabot. Um Wow yeah 
uh, they actually had a recent, apparently they had re- had it recently produced up in uh, somewhere near Stockton, California, I think. And I wanted to go and then something came up and I wasn't able to, but just, just, you know, see other people performing it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so. And, all, and compare yourself and be like, exactly, yeah, I'm still no, better. I mean, just, I'll just be like, hey, you see that guy in the book? That's me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, so like all of a sudden over the course of like half a year, bam, 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 all of a sudden I had like three acting credits to my name. All like short notice things that I turned out great in. Yeah, you were that, busy. Yeah, and that, and that was after that third one. I kind of went, okay, I'm, let's let's see how far this rabbit hole goes. Let's. I'm I'm, sure. I'm starting to become convinced. I think with you it goes deep. No, yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was kind of yeah, it was that weird like, you know, you can only get slapped around the face so many times before you go, hey, wait a minute, so. But yeah, and so I started doing, uh, I did some more stuff with the student uh, short play uh, company. Um, I did a couple of like student uh, short films. Um, and then just, I, sl- I slowly like, so I graduated in, in 2013. And, and you're like, still in South Carolina. Right? Yeah, I was still in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, and so I like, I just slowly like built up my, built up my portfolio. Like I, I did more, more plays with the South Carolina Shakespeare Company. Um, I did a couple plays with a workshop theater. Um, I did the one with high voltage. Uh, and then I also like, there was also a couple of gigs that I, so I did a couple of, uh, independent films, uh, in Atlanta. Um, like as I, as I, as this was happening, I slowly like learned more about the industry. I learned about casting websites, uh, like backstage was the first one that I ever like signed on. Um, and so I learned about, uh, gigs outside of South Carolina as well. I just slowly started building up. But I didn't really have a plan. I was like, okay, I know that if I'm going to pursue this, I should eventually get to L.A. or New York. But I don't want to just go out there willy-nilly, you know. Right. So why not New York? Honestly, I get cold easily. I'd be, oh. <laughs> I'd, I'd be freezing my butt off, like, in early September. Sure. Um, Somehow I think you're not the only one in that process. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> uh, The town, I mean, it's it's nice. I've visited a few times, and, it's, and it can be nice, but... I just can't imagine living there. Sure. Um, like high, way higher cost of living in comparison to LA. Plus LA is more like the film town and New York's more like the, the theater town. I th- as like, as I was working in South Carolina, I started to be like, I'm kind of enjoying film more. Well, just because I didn't have as much exposure to it. Yeah, sure. Um, nowadays it's like, I still really enjoy film. I'd love to go back and do like a theater project, but at this point in my career, I just can't afford the time. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, sure. it's, you, you really have to balance like your time and your, uh, like, it's a huge commitment much yeah. more than film is with Absol- film. You just do, you know, you spend like a couple of weeks at, if it's a full feature film, you're spending a couple of weeks, maybe you do a little bit of traveling. Absolutely. You come home and you receive your paycheck and life's good. Boom. Right. Yeah. Uh, theater though, you're spending months at a time mm-hmm. uh, at a playhouse or at a rehearsal location, and you're just constantly grinding it out. And with LA, I mean, especially if you're not union, you're like getting paid little, if at all. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, that uh, side note. So, uh, but yeah, so I just LA seemed. I'd also heard like LA seemed more like my kind of town. Sure. Um, but then what? What allowed you to to move? So uh, while I was living in South Carolina, I was in that kind of like nebulous stage. Where it was like, okay, I'm I'm no, I'm not going to get anywhere here. But I don't just want to like go out there on a whim because that's where the whole stereotype of like, oh, you know, you're just going to become homeless. You know, you're not going to find a place to live. You know, you know, you have. To, I feel like you have to have like a plan. You have to have like a base built up. Um, but I didn't know how to go about it. So. Uh, at one day I heard about an indie like film project being filmed in Columbia and they were like, looking for extras. And I was like, okay, well that sounds fun. I just have to, where is it? It's at the pool. Great. I'll just hang out at the pool, you know, chat with the gorgeous ladies. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so I made friends with, uh, one girl, uh, Christina, and we were just talking, you know, we were talking shop. Uh, and she was like, oh, I work with this uh, mother agency in Colombia. And I was like, what's a mother agency? And so she explained that a mother agency is kind of like a talent agency, except they specialize in bringing talent like up out of the rough and out of the raw. And like, you know, from places like outside of L.A. and New York and okay. getting them in front of the major players in exchange for a, a, a cut later on down the road. That's pretty good. What, what, what's this mother agency? Uh, her called? name, it's uh, Diabru, uh, Diabru Modeling. I don't remember, I think that's the title of uh, Erica Diabru. She's a wonderful woman. Uh, okay. Would not be where I was without her. Um, yeah, and shout out to you. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, you, you're great. I love you, Erica. Thank you so much for getting me here. Um, and so I, I went and I auditioned for him 
and yeah, I so I started taking acting classes with him. Like they had an in-house um, acting coach, uh, Casey. I don't know if he's still there or not. I think he's moved on to other pastors. But uh, but yeah, so I started taking acting classes with them. Um, so that helped me develop a little more. Uh, also learned a little bit about modeling. <laughs> so I was like. I'm not gonna be a model, and they're like, "Well, let's not be too hasty." Um, right, and so, they got you. In, they got you into the modeling chair too. They, yeah, they got they. They showed me a little bit about modeling. I like learned the walk, quote unquote, sort of thing. The walk. Yeah, like it was the, like like, like a, walking like, a, like the walk down the catwalk. You know, <laughs> I'm too sexy, baby. But, yeah, uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 flaunt, flaunt. No shame here. Yeah, no, so yeah, so I learned a little bit about, uh, about uh, modeling as well, which I think I think helped. Uh, I helped with a little bit, a little bit of like confidence boosting. You know what I mean? Just being like, "Well, oh, shit!" Like, uh, okay, yeah. Um, how, how do you get to that point of like, of like physical confidence in yourself? Uh, I think it's well. I guess for me, it was kind of a case. It was kind of like with the acting, where I, I just like I got enough like positive like upvotes. You know, that eventually was like, okay, well, that must be must actually mean something. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I, I was taking acting classes with them, uh, and then the way with. How they do, I don't know if other mother agencies do it the same way, but they do like an in-house talent expo um, every year or every half a year, I think. I don't remember exactly. Um, but so this is where like, because all of a sudden it like snowballed to L.A. Like it was just like all of a sudden, it was kind of like when I first started acting, like all of a sudden, bam, 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 things are happening. Right. Um, but so they did this in-house talent expo. Um, I did, I did okay. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, didn't get any like recognitions or anything like that, but I, I, I thought I did well. Um, uh, among the judges was, so they had like, uh, an agent from LA an agent from New York and like judges, there was like a director from North Carolina. Or something sure. like that. Uh, and then one of the judges was this, uh, representative from this nationwide talent expo, uh, called Mike, I think Beatty is how you say it. They, they are based out of Dallas and they do like a the semi-annual uh, national nationwide talent expo. Sure. Uh, and so I got invited to join, like to come with them, um, which the mother agency would also do biannually. It was kind of a case of like, okay, who should you bring with you to Dallas sort of thing. Um, and so I went to this uh, nationwide talent expo uh, and I won male actor of the year. <laughs> You won male actor. I did. I did. I was completely. I was completely floored um, because well, so they they do like all the other awards first. They do like you know best actor because it was it wasn't just acting that they did. They did like acting, uh, modeling, and dancing. Okay. Um, and and singing too actually. Uh, and so it was you know like all sorts of like cross talents. And so it was like didn't get recognized for acting. Uh, briefly tried singing which I, I think i can sing but not that well apparently right um but so yeah so like no recognitions no recognitions and i was like as as the award show was going on i just like i wasn't physically sinking lower in my seat and i was, I was just kind of like okay maybe maybe this was maybe this was all a lark and then it's like male actor of the year right <laughs> william cabot and i was i i think it took me like a solid like 10 or 15 seconds to like get up from my chair people have to be like go go get the award because <laughs> you were um, just so dumbfounded yeah i was wow. i was yeah i was because i it, it was a great that was like one of my highlights of like for my acting career at that point being like okay this is the path that I'm on. That's and so it's cool. Actually, yeah. Was that, was that a trophy or is that like, a it was a trophy. It was like this ch- huge chunk of crystal, like, you know, wow. like eight, eight to 12 inches long. You know, it was like, okay, you still have it. Oh yeah. Okay, I, I, I think it's at my family's house. Uh, Cause I wasn't going to tote it out here. That, yeah. that would have just been, you know, ostentatious, but speaking of your family, have they been supportive in this whole entire process? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's um, so great. My mom, my mom, uh, she loves, she loves that I'm doing what I love to do and that I'm happy. Um, she, you know, she's she's like, I, I don't know how you do it. I could never be an actor, but I'm glad that you're enjoying what you do. Um, my my sister loves it. Um, I think like one of the very first comments, like after I posted about the trophy about winning the award, was like, I'm telling you, he's gonna be somebody someday. Um, my brother, uh, he he loves me no matter what. Uh, so I I I don't know. I've never asked him directly about my acting, but I I know he's like he saw a couple of, like my plays when I was like uh, sure. Yeah, he he got he got to see me perform in high school, uh, and then I think he came down. He, my family got to come down to see one of the plays in South Carolina with the Shakespeare Company. Yeah, well, it sounds like your sister and I believe in something in common. No, but sure. Yeah, of course. Up until this point, what was what was the biggest challenge that you were kind of facing? I think it was kind of a case of fear and uncertainty of the unknown, because mm-hmm. it was like I. 
because I was in South Carolina for a few years, I was like, okay, I know that I should get that out there eventually, but I don't want to do it wrong because I, I, it was kind of that fear of one step in the wrong direction might take you off the path entirely. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and so just kind of like playing things like close to the, maybe not close to the vest, but very cautiously, um, and just taking, taking things very like, you know, one foot in front of the other sort of thing. Yeah. Um, which makes all those snowballing moments so great. Uh, sure. <laughs> where all of a sudden you just get shoved forward a few you milestones. Know you know what's crazy is that up 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 to this point, I'm sure even further past this point as well, your story is is pretty relatable. What's what's the biggest advice that you could give to an actor who doesn't live in California, who doesn't have that leg up of being born in the state or even being born in Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. What's the biggest advice that you could provide? Uh shop wise i would say see if you can get in touch with the mother agency um because they really do care about their people uh they like definitely help 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 them you know make advances uh it turned out there was a mother agency like down the road from where i grew up actually never heard of them yeah wow yeah i think think they were based in like hampton or something like that but like when they were there it's like oh i know where that is um as far as like on a personal level level it really helps if you find that belief like but not just not that's not just a belief but like that enjoyment like if you never have to drag yourself out of bed in the morning to go act if it's something that you look forward to doing like every single occasion you get to do so if it, and if it's something that you can uh just put up with the negativity because there's a lot of like you get told no on, on a lot of times. I mean, sometimes you don't even get told no. You, they, they just never get back to you. And you're like, okay, I guess I cast somebody else. But it's, you really have to be, you have to be positive. You have to have a good mental attitude. Um, I mean, I, things things can feel down. Don't get me wrong. But never, never, lose, never lose sight that it can always get better. It always gets darkest before the dawn sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and that it is a process. It is, it's not a case of like, nope. Nobody gets discovered like, well, okay, let me, let me rephrase that. The fairy tale of getting like, st- being stumbled upon on the street, like, oh my God, you're amazing. I, I, you look a perfect for the part I need you. That, that's a fairy tale. Like, I'm, sh- I'm sure <laughs> it happens maybe once in like every 200 million tries or something like that, but you can't rely on that. You have to, you have to put in, you have to put in a lot of, I feel like you have to put in a lot of uh, back effort, you know, like just build up build up that um build up that build up your resume you know build up the confidence build up the knowledge base and just be persistent you know keep at it do you think that those steps kind of happen naturally once you start or do you think that these are things that you constantly have to work at in order to accomplish i think it's a i think it's a little bit of column a a little bit of column b um because you definitely like when i was living in south carolina i mean not that there were many castings in the area but i would check the i would check uh, the casting website like every single day be like okay is there anything new popped up okay there is okay anything that i fit for no okay well i'll check tomorrow um but it's also a case of you have to believe and it's you have to you have to you truly have to have that trust deep down that this is real and that this can happen um because it can happen i mean it's don't get me wrong it's not like everybody's going to make it it's i mean i'm still hoping that i mean i've I've, you have to believe in it but you also have to work for it sure and just keep at it were there forces outside of the world of acting that allowed you to build that confidence as well? I would say that I would not be where I am today if it weren't for my friends and my family. Like, you really have to have, like, a supportive... I mean, even if it's not your family... Like, some people, maybe they don't have a great family that they're coming from. Find your support group. Find your, you know, find your off switch. Surround yourself with people that make you happy. Exactly. Like, like, uh, case in point, um, when I first moved out to California... I knew practically nobody. I like, I knew my roommate that I was moving with. I knew the agent who said she'd sign if I moved out here. Uh, I knew the couple people that I stayed with in like the month prior to moving to LA and like, that's it. Yeah. I knew nobody. So I was fortunate enough that I found a group of friends, um, that 
where are, are great people or supportive people and people that like I can just go to turn off. I can go to like enjoy life a little. Being a, a product of your environment. Yeah. And, and, and to reiterate that, that moral of the story, that is so important to, to create happiness, but also put yourself in that place where you can have options. Exactly. To, to, to allow yourself to be productive in any way. And if let's say you're going down a certain path and maybe you've hit a roadblock, that's okay. You can backtrack because you now have this support group. You have options. Absolutely. If you do not have options, then you need to rethink the narrative that you're living your life through. Certainly. That's and, how it goes. Yeah, and just and just keeping mentally, you know, like mentally have have that have a good mental health support group. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um so then you moved to LA. Yeah. Um, um did, did you fly or, or how'd you I, I drove. You so, drove. You did a, that's a long road yeah, trip. So so um I guess a little bit of like so it wasn't like a so back to the uh, Back to the nationwide expo, um, so I just I just won the award. I was I was back in South Carolina. Kind of like the effects were slowly starting to like I was like slowly starting to settle. Um, okay, so I guess a little bit of backstory before this. Uh, my mother agency does like a biannual trip out to L.A. for people who've like gained enough attention from L.A. to like merit a trip out there to meet people. Um, and so before the expo, I'd asked um, my mother agent. I'd asked Erica. I was like. Hey, do you think I should be thinking about tagging on with you guys uh, to the trip in LA in July? Uh, for a frame of reference, the in-house was in April, the nationwide was in June. Got it. Um, and she was like, "Well, you do have the one agent from LA who's interested, but you don't want to go out there for a month just for the one agent. You know, you we want maybe so maybe the next trip we want to make sure that you've built up like a worthwhile reason to go." Uh, so it was like with less than a week after I'd gotten back, like a couple days after I'd gotten back, I, uh, I've gotten this phone call from Erica and, uh, I, I wish I could remember the conversation specifically, but it was something to the effect of her saying, so you know how we said like after you won the award, things might accelerate faster than we anticipated. I'm like, yeah. She's like, any chance you can tag with us to the trip in two weeks? I was like. Yeah. <laughs> so like I nice. I was able to tag on to the trip uh to LA um and I've got to meet with a, f- a couple people. Um I met an agent uh who's like I, if you move out here I will sign you. Uh and then so I started trying to find a place to live and it was like I was, we searched for like 2 weeks and it was like the very last day that we were in LA that we found a place. Um, so, and if I hadn't found a place where I was like, I can move here, I don't know if I would have made it. Cause I didn't want to like just move out here and then like hope to find a place because who knows when I would find something. So it was like, fly back to South Carolina, put in my two weeks notice, pack everything up. Um, and then, so yeah, I, that's so spontaneous. That's so, no, cool. it really was. It was just like out of like nowhere. Like I, I think I called my, uh, I think I called my, if it wasn't the day that we found the apartment, it was like the day that I was flying back where I called work and just like, hey, I'll give you guys written notice. Like when I get there, I think it was like I worked like the next day or something like that. But sure. Like, I'm turning in my two weeks notice. I'm going to L.A. So, <laughs> yeah, which was really funny because like a few of the people who I'd worked with, uh, some great people in the service industry, um, like they, they would like nickname me Hollywood just because I was like because I was the actor. You know? Hey, Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, that's cool yeah so and then it was like oh shit i'm going to hollywood yeah uh but yeah so i packed up my bags um also i just realized i might have been like cursing sporadically i don't know if you need to like age gate this at all or anything like that oh I can no, cut no. It back. okay I want, I want you to fucking curse if that's okay great that's what your heart desires okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> i was just like all of a sudden i was like wait how many times have i cursed on this I, I actually haven't even noticed uh, <laughs> I, that's, that's how sailors mouth hey. brain in the gutter i am so okay keep, keep uh, going. but anyway so yeah i so i uh i so I packed up all the stuff that I couldn't or shouldn't take with me to L.A. Uh, and drove it up to Virginia to my family's place uh, and then drove back down to South Carolina. Packed up my car like to the gills, like uh, packed the trunk full, packed the back seat full, packed like the, the passenger side full. So it was like I basically had like this cockpit in my sedan where nothing else was except for me and like enough room that I could maneuver if need sure. be, like reach all the necessary buttons and whatnot. And then everything else was like full, like to the gills. Wow. Yeah. Um, which I, I've, I've been wanting to make like a cross country. I love the travel and I've been wanting to do like a cross country road trip like this forever. Was this your first trip? Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, like I'd never had the rhyme or reason to do so. I mean, like I, I'd, I'd flown places before. I'd been on a few like road trips, like to the neighboring states and back, but like never from sea to shining sea. Right. Um, also, as independent as yeah, you were. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Must have been kind of a kind of a. It was cool. I, I felt I felt like a little <laughs> bit like. There was like this blend of like the like the music from the Oregon Trail video game and like the A Team theme, just like you know, just making my way across the states. Sure, um, uh, but you were you were going into uncharted territory. Yeah, at that point, that, yeah, that, that's that was be like it. with like the the prospect of new things to come, like the turning it. So like I, I feel like there's a few moments in your life where you can def- definitely like put like a pin on it and be like, this was a marking point in a chapter. Or like this yeah. was a milestone sort yeah. of thing. That's gotta be a cool feeling. Yeah. Especially this- like, like I, I, well, I, I personally know that feeling when I, when I traveled to Europe, mm-hmm. uh, that was the first trip that I had, uh, self-funded. Nice. That was the first trip that it was just me and my friends. I was not tied to the hit to my parents. Uh-huh. Uh, it was the first trip where I was in a place where no one spoke English. Okay. Well, very few people did. The language barriers and whatnot. And that where, was just such a cool Where thing. in Europe did you go? So we, me and uh, my three friends, uh, Dylan, Nick, and Josh, mm-hmm. we traveled Europe for two months. Nice. And we, we, I remember like the year prior, I pulled them aside during an event, like during like some party that was happening. I was like, guys, yeah. I want you guys to be the ones that we travel Europe with. Nice. And... I told them like, listen, I graduate next year, and as soon as summer hits, I want to be in Europe with you guys. So we we skyped every now and then mm-hmm. to kind of like coordinate what the details would be. We bought our URL passes. Were these college friends, or were these like hometown friends? Or uh, I would say more closely hometown friends. Okay. Uh, Nick Benjamin, who funny enough I brought up a few episodes earlier. Hey, nice. uh, he's the guy I met in middle school. He's one of my oldest friends in the that's entertainment industry related because he's the guy who actually got me into film. Okay. From the beginning. Nice. And then um, he, he left for a, a, a different high school than I went to. He went to a private high school called New Jewish Community High School. Okay. And I went to Oak Park High School, which is a public high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every now and then I would see him and his friends in, in high school. I, I saw them a lot during uh, college when I'd come back in town and I would, I would see them. And then uh, I, sooner or later, they became the friends that I that I would talk to that originally core group. Yeah. yeah. And, and suddenly I had this core group that I wasn't expecting to have, but they were, they were these really cool, uh, nice Jewish boys. And so what ended up happening was, uh, I went with them to Europe. Uh, we first started in, uh, I, I, I personally started in the UK. Okay. They, they started in Israel. Oh, and I met in Portugal. Okay. And then from Portugal, we went down the Mediterranean into Italy. Nice. And then from Italy, we went up north into Austria and then Germany. Okay. And then from Germany, we went, we went up to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And then from Amsterdam to Paris. And then from Paris, back to London for a little bit. And then our last stop was Israel. So it truly was a full circle. It, this sounds like like if you were like put like the dotted line on the map, it would look like one of those like a cross between like Indiana Jones <laughs> yeah. and like uh, Billy from like Flying Circus, where right. it's the Family Circus, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like traipsing, like bing, 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 bing. Right, right. but it actually isn't as zigzag as that though, because it really does go in a full circle. And that was that is the name of this video that I made. If you guys go on Vimeo and type in "full circle," you'll find uh, three versions of the same video that I created. Uh, it was all of the uh, trip and ex- the experience that we had uh, going through Europe. There's a UK version. There's, I think, a normal version. And then there's the, the deluxe edition. The deluxe edition has Easter eggs hidden inside. And if you pause the video at certain points correctly, you'll find like little hidden quotes from the trip, little things that were said from people, from Josh sleep talking to just inside jokes that we all had that will make no sense to you but are really funny if you just read it out of context regardless. It's great. Uh, highly recommend it. Check it out. It's called Full Circle on Vimeo. Nice plug there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> totally planned. No. <laughs> yeah. But like, it was just, <laughs> it was just, uh, that was a fun trip. That was a good time. I bet. It sounds like it. But yours is different though, because yours was by yourself. Yeah, it was. So I guess it wasn't like, it, it helped a little bit. So it didn't do it straight shot. So like the straight shot, you could probably drive from South Carolina to to LA in like two, three days. Um, I, I had like mixed intentions. So it was like, I wanted to, I wanted to save money and like not stay in a hotel. So I kind of like couch surfed, but then I also got to see people that I hadn't seen in a while, uh, on my way out. So I did it like over the course of five days. Um, so day one I drove from, so I was living in Greenville, uh, South Carolina at the time. 
which is like upstate uh, metropolitan area. Drove from Greenville down to Baton Rouge to see my sister, who was going to LSU at the time. Plus, you know, I hadn't seen her before I moved to LA. She would have killed me. But uh, <laughs> so I, I, I uh, crashed on her, uh, crashed on her couch, like in her, uh, like in her apartment or something like that, uh, for one night. Uh, drove from Baton Rouge to Oklahoma City to stay at a cousin's house. Uh, now I'm picturing the Indiana Jones. Now, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. so okay. <laughs> the red line slowly <laughs> going across the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, day two was from Baton Rouge to Oklahoma City. Um, day three was from Oklahoma city to, uh, I think they're in Parker, Colorado. It's like outside of Denver, um, to stay with some more cousins. Sure. Uh, then day four was from, uh, Denver to Vegas to stay with some old friends of the family. And then morning of day five was in from uh, Vegas to LA. Okay. Got you. So I don't know why in my head that the world is just so much bigger and I expect that to be more than five days. I mean, it's, it can be, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, I guess it's all a matter of like, cause I was, I was driving for like, I think, I think like the average like stint was like an eight to 10 hour driving day. And then I think the longest was like 13 was like from Denver to Vegas. That's rough. Yeah. Well, was, was there a point where you got, we got tired behind the wheel? Like you're just like so sick of driving. I think it was, well, so I guess I'd had a little bit of like, I guess I'd built up a little bit of a uh, reserve because, like, so I'd been uh, I'd been a delivery I'd worked as a delivery driver before, and so I'd done like I put a lot of hours on the road, um, and so I guess it was just kind of a case of you know like build up a good rhythm, you know, put on some music, put on a podcast, uh, like Mr. Thrive's podcast. Hey, nice um, plug. <laughs> <laughs> there you know, um, and yeah, just just find things to like kill the time. There was like a couple times when I would like. Uh, video chat with my sister. So, like, I had, like, the little mount or whatever. And so I would just, like, I'd be looking at the road, but then I could also, like, you know, glance at her every so often and just, like, talk. And so you, you find ways to you find ways to kill the time. Um, and then, you know, just enjoy the scenery while you're at it. Because, you know, when's the next time you're going to pass through this part of the world? You know what right. I mean? So do you, do you have any, do you have any kind of, like, most memorable moments from that oh, trip? Oh, Jesus. Um... We have a few. Uh, how much time do we have? Oh, we got all the time in the world, man. I, I just didn't want to be like, okay, Mr. Thrive's three-hour podcast. With hey, Cabot. listen, man. You got, you got guys right now listening who are driving on their way to work oh, on the true. 405 freeway. Oh, God. They're tired. They're exhausted. They don't want to get to their job, but the only thing holding them up is this podcast okay. right there. Okay. So that's that's, that's want, a good mindset. I want you to give me a story. Okay. I want you to give them a story. Okay. That is gonna not is gonna take them off the four oh five freeway and make them think of that uh that beautiful sky that you saw driving. Okay. Or or that weird ass bear yeah. that you encountered. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> there's three stories that come to mind. Okay. I'll I'll save I'll save the I don't, I don't know. They're all, I'll just do them in chronological order. Sure. Because, and I'll let you be the judge. Sure. Um, so day two, going from Baton Rouge to uh, Oklahoma City was, had like two of them. Um, so I drove, I'm driving up the interstate uh, from Baton Rouge into like Eastern Texas. Uh, and I crossed the border into Texas. And a few miles in, it tells me, my GPS tells me to get off the interstate. I was like, okay. And I just start, for the next, like, I don't remember how many hours it was, but I was driving on these back roads, like, through eastern Texas. Like, so I, so for frame of reference, like, from a geography standpoint, yeah, I get to talk about geography. Hey, look um, at that. Nice so it's, it's, it took me, so, like, the interstate from L.A., from uh, Louisiana, not the 10 that leads down to, like, towards Houston, but there's another one that leads uh, up towards Dallas. Um and then from Dallas, there's an interstate that stretches north towards Oklahoma. So what it was doing was it was taking me on this long, like, roundabout. Instead of, like, taking me in, like, to, to Dallas and then taking me north, I was, like, cutting, I was yeah. cutting the corner. Yeah. Like, I was, so I was going northwest, like, around Dallas. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't have, like, that frame of reference. I mean, I kind of got, got the sense of what it was doing, but it was like... I really hope it knows what it's doing because yeah. I'm driving through these back roads. It was like, I've never seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it took place somewhere around there. And, just, and those are how those movies start. It's just kind of like, like nothing against Texas. You know, Texas is a great place. Love it. Um, but just kind of like in that unfamiliar territory, it was like, okay, interstates, I know. 
interstate, I can be like, okay, I'm on this interstate from between here and here. These back roads, I have no idea where the hell I am. I could be like, I could be in Arkansas for all I know. Yeah. It's just like across these like small, like two lane roads through like con- lots of countryside and like ranch area and stuff like that. Yeah. Passing the occasional like small town, which has like one, uh, one traffic light and that's downtown. Um, so, but I did eventually get back to the interstate, uh, uh, like north of Dallas heading towards Oklahoma. So I was like, when I finally got there, I was like, oh, thank God. Which was crazy because I did pass one, I passed like one interstate or like one major highway or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Now I'm back where I am. Went right past it. And I'm like, oh God, please let me get there alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, okay. So, and then like later on that day, um, I got a... I started to get a flat tire, like the air pressure light came on and it was one of those things where it was like, I was close enough to Oklahoma city that I was like, I think I can feather it in. I'll just, you know, be cautious and whatnot. And then I pull in and I see like this long, like black line, like trailing off behind me into the distance. Like apparently I'd been like riding like flat for like the last, like who knows how many miles. Oh my God. Yeah. And just like leaving this long trail of rubber behind me. Like, so if anybody had to figure out where I was, just, you know, follow the black rubber road. <laughs> um, and so I pulled in and I was like, oh shit, I don't, okay. Is this going to be like, I'm going to be stuck here for a day or two while I try and figure this out. Yeah. Um, and then, so and then, you know, once, once, I'd, once the moment of panic had passed, I'd be like, okay, just take a deep breath. Well, get something to eat first. Don't take your car. Get like an Uber. Um, but uh, find just find like a local like tire place or something like that, and just like find the closest one you can. Feather it there. Just get it replaced, and then be on your way. And there was one that was like a mile away or something like that. So I was able to uh, get that taken care of. Um, so that was that was like the moment of like panic where I was like, shit, have I like bitten off more than I can chew? Right. Am I am I gonna be stuck out here? Like am I gonna have to like get somebody to like fly me home? That's a real Oregon <laughs> trail scenario. No, right? really, because I was I was like I broken wheel and I didn't want to like excavate my spare tire because like it was like buried under like all of this stuff. And I was like, shit, if I unpack that and just to like try and find the spare tire, like am I gonna be able to pack it all back in? Right. I, I'm I'm maybe I did put the spare tire on. I don't remember, but like it was just a case of like, okay, how do I go about fixing this? Yeah, it's a lot. Um, yeah, and then but and then the third story is like the drive from Denver to Vegas was the longest. It was also kind of like the most fascinating, um, Why for is that? a couple different reasons. Okay, uh, so got to drive through the Rocky Mountains across the Continental Divide, and bear in mind this is like in late August. Okay, for frame of reference, I'm driving through the mountains. And I see the temperature slowly start dropping like 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s. Soon enough, you can see your own it, breath. As you're it got breathing. down to like 34, I think. Wow. And it was raining. So like I almost had snow to drive through. Oh, my God. In late August. I've, I'd lived in Colorado before, so I knew that there was like unseasonable, quote unquote, unseasonable weather. But I was like, oh, my God, I'm. Going through like every biome possible on this trip out to L.A., uh, which was then ex- which was then uh, put in contrast to, like in the late afternoon when I'm like in the desert approaching Vegas and it was up to like ninety something. So I went through like a sixty degree like spread in the course of one day, uh, <laughs> coupled with the fact like, did you have to change your clothes a lot in the car? Or no, what? I just I just made sure like I had the heater on and okay. then I had the AC on. Right. <laughs> just, yeah. I didn't want. I normally like driving with the windows down, but with a car packed, I wasn't gonna like risk yeah, it. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but uh, and then like there was a one point like in the sign, which I thought this was like a stereotype or like something from a cartoon or something like that. But I actually passed a sign on the on the interstate like once I entered Utah, being like next rest stop like a hundred and seven miles or something like that, and I was like. Okay, <laughs> this is for real. Um, which fortunately, I'd like gassed up like earlier in the day or something like that. But I was just like, I'm so glad that I have all four tires working perfectly fine yeah. in a full tank of gas that, <laughs> because yeah. that would have been like if I'd gotten stuck somewhere along there, that would have been I. There was, it was so sparse. Like there, I mean, there were people on the interstate with you. And that was about like just rock formations everywhere, which some that could be very beautiful, like in how sparse it was, but just like nothing out there, Jeez. at all. I was just like, 
this is happening. This is for real. I'm making this trip. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. You're going to survive. Yeah. 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 We're going to get these doggies to Vegas. (laughs) Mush. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, so those, those were like, that was. I guess I guess it's moments like that that make a road trip, though, right? I mean, it's like you, you, yeah, because if it just like if everything goes well from point A to point B, is like you know, right? So what? But it's part it's part of the adventure. So. Th- this wasn't this wasn't a road trip. Well, it kind of was. It was we were off roading. So uh-huh. um, when I was in Hawaii with my parents, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we wanted to see the location where the gates were in Jurassic Park. Those big famous oh gates. the big like what do they got so, back there? King yeah, Kong. We, we were yeah. in Kauai and. Um, you know, they we were told that this hiking trail has the spot where the gates were. Uh-oh. And so we tried driving to it with, like, a normal sedan that the rental car, like, Hertz rental house gave us. And we couldn't really get that far because it was rocking. We could hear the rocks, the rocks scraping up against the bottom. Uh-huh. So we decided we'll turn around, we'll get a Jeep, and we'll come back tomorrow. Okay. So that's exactly what we did. And the uh-huh. next day, what happened was... Uh, we went off-roading, and we're now going down the bumpy road, and we're having a great time. Off-roading in a Jeep, in uh-huh. a Jeep best thing ever. Uh, why I haven't done that up until that point, no clue why. I still got to do it again. Amazing. <laughs> but we're off-roading now. My dad's having a great time. He's the one driving. Uh-huh. And my dad sees this puddle in the road. And, <laughs> and of course, I would have done the same thing, by the oh, way. Oh, man. But we see this puddle. We're like, yeah, let's go through it. It's going to be like such a cool look. Oh, God. And we drive, and suddenly the front nose of the car just sinks. Submarines. There's like submarines oh, into, into, no. the, into the front half. And we all start screaming. <laughs> and I, look, I look down. I see water actually like rising up. And it's into like the floorboards? Into the floorboards. Oh, Jesus. My ankles are covered up in water. So my dad, he hits the reverse, uh, and, he, and he starts to hit the gas uh, as, as much as he can. Uh-huh. We just hear the tire struggling, and uh-huh. somehow we caught traction. And we were lucky enough to get out. Was it one of those where like the exhaust like comes up like above it, or was like a normal like? Because I don't know if you've ever seen this, but like I've seen some that have like the exhaust like extension or whatever, where it comes up kind of like a big rig does, where like it has the oh, exhaust like up over the cab uh, instead no, of I like. Think, I think it was a normal exhaust. Oh god, that yeah. could because that could have gone very wrong. It could have gone very wrong very fast. <laughs> no, but we, we got very lucky. And then what happened was, so we did the hike, and and my shoes were, were ruined at this point. <laughs> but uh, on our way back. We see another car actually fully submerged. Oh no! In that same puddle, because this family had the same idea. Oh no! This firefighter and his pregnant wife, who are on vacation, were suddenly stranded, oh, and we came across Jesus. them. We got out of the car, and we saw their car is totally submerged. Uh, <sighs> there's no getting it out. I actually, we actually tried to help them. So like. I actually jumped in the puddle, uh, went up chest high. Should we really call it a puddle at this point? This sounds more like it was like a, a cavern or yeah, like a lake. Or it, was, it was a... <laughs> let's just call it what it was. It was a sinkhole. Okay. <laughs> no, it wasn't a sinkhole. We, you know, just, a, you know, I, is that a sinkhole? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I guess it's how it was formed. Come I mean, on, geography. <laughs> well, I mean, if, so, okay. So if like the bottom ground like dropped out below it, then I guess technically it's a sinkhole. But like if, okay. it, if it was just like a natural like... Uh, divot i don't know what you would call it okay, if, it just, gotcha. if, it, if, the, if it was like naturally like that and it just flooded yeah then, yeah I, yeah i don't i don't know but i actually went up like chest high into that puddle trying oh, wow. to get this white sedan out uh-huh. uh totally ruin, ruining my clothes but i was like i feel for this family this yeah. guy and his pregnant wife are, are just out there and uh the husband got in uh, the husband's sitting in the car diagonally now mm-hmm. with uh his feet like you can't see the gas pedals from where he's sitting uh-huh. because the water's up to like his belly oh wow you know but he he hits he try he turns on the the car as best as he can he he hits the gas and we're trying to push it uh-huh. give it that traction and we just it's just not going to happen oh, or at least it's wow. not happening safely uh-huh. so we ditched it we took them to their rental car station and we said have a good time good luck <laughs> and we drove off oh man um, hey, that, i bet that was an interesting conversation it was <laughs> i mean they were they were a nice couple you know it was they were on vacation i think they were on their honeymoon or whatever mm-hmm. uh but like what a what an experience like yeah, so right? I, I, I get car troubles man i i get that oh god okay so they make the trip <laughs> there was this one time okay so my my friends like my side note have you ever have you noticed like how you have like different like core groups of friends like i had a core group from like high school i had like a core group from college and yeah I had, yeah like, yeah core, of course group from la yeah um so like so one time uh we're going to the beach uh the outer banks of north carolina um and i'm i'm getting i'm getting to bring my like core group of high school friends with me um 
and we helped, we saw these people like stuck on the side of the road. Like they were in like a low, like one of those like old, like Ford, like Taurus sedans or something like that. And sure. they're like in the sand, like where that car had absolutely no right to be Yikes. and they're stuck. And so yeah. we're like, I don't, I don't know where, where the incentive came from, but we're like, let's just help them. Let's let, they seem like they're having trouble. Yeah. And so like, they're like digging it out somewhere. I'm like under the car, like trying to like, cause it was like beached, like no pun intended, but, um, it was like, uh, so I'm like trying to dig it out. <laughs> so the guy behind the wheel starts hitting the gas, like trying to move the car. <laughs> I'm still underneath it. My friends start freaking out. They're like, dude, you were almost like run over. And I was like, we lived just. Let's move on. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I could very well have not been here today, but, you know. That's great. Yeah. But then but then you made it to L.A. We did. I did going back to, to Going yeah. back to your back, road trip. Let's put this back on the rails, yeah. shall we? Yeah. Back on the rails. <laughs> um, but then you made it to L.A. Mm-hmm. And you moved into your new place. Mm-hmm. Were you able to pick up work right away? Surprisingly fast, actually. So, and not even through any, like, uh, not through any uh, advancement of my own. It was like... So I changed my profiles on, like, the casting websites being like, hey, I'm now in L.A. And it was, like, day two where I was reached out to uh, through uh, for this uh, indie uh, web series, um, like, a YouTube, like, they were going to make, make the episodes and put them on YouTube. Um, and they're like, hey, one of our, uh, one of our, I don't think it was technically a lead. I think technically I would have been recurring because I was, like, I was one of the main characters, but I didn't show up until, like, episode, like, two or three. Um, like one of our, one of our people dropped out and we think you'd be great for the role. Would you come in an audition? Uh, and so we filmed that for like a month. Uh, yeah, like my first month of, uh, I don't, I don't, there was, so it was, it was a cool, it was cool to like be able to like immediately start working. Um, but then like after that first month, there wasn't really anything happening. I was like, okay, I should try to, if if I'm going to make this happen, I'll look for gigs. Yes. But I also need to like try and make some friends. Um, and so somebody had directed me towards the, uh, meetup app. I think it was like where you can plug in like your various interests and whatnot. Yeah. I I use meetup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and so that was like, it was, and I, I hadn't like seriously, I'd, I'd looked at it a little bit. Um, but then one day it turned out to be Wednesday night and, uh, and the app's like, Oh, you like board games. You like beer. There is a microbrewery in Van Nuys uh, called McLeod's, by yeah. the way. Um, shout out. Um, they're not paying me or anything, but, like, generally, like, I think Thrillist even rated them as, like, one of the best breweries in L.A. Um, but, like, so every Wednesday night, there's, like, a board game meetup. And I'm like, that sounds fun. Let's see what happens. And started hanging out with them more uh, and, like, met more people. Uh, even met a couple of people who do, like, industry stuff. So we've, like, worked, tried to, like, collaborate a few times. That's where I met um, you. Yeah, ac- absolutely. Actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was. Um and so, yeah, it was just I, I was I was very fortunate that I did fall in with those group of people because again, it, it comes back to like having that support group is like you if you don't have those, I feel like oddly enough, you also need people like outside of acting, so it's not always shop twenty four seven, right? So you can just unplug a little bit and be like, okay, I also like I also like board games, I also like yeah. beer, or you know whatever you know whatever else tickles your fancy. Just be like, yeah. I, for, for, don't forget that there's there is more to life than just acting. Could, so. Couldn't agree more. You know, I'm, I'm I'm a director and writer, and and I I you know I do this podcast, but um, I'm so thankful for that. My my friend is not well, like one of my friends. So Josh Miller, he's my best friend. Uh, he's one of the guys I traveled with through Europe. My friendship okay. was amplified because of that trip. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a behavioral therapist with autistic children. I admire him You're a kidding. lot. Yeah. My my so my brother that I briefly referenced earlier, I didn't want to delve in, but this is actually a great uh bit. Uh he's a high functioning autistic. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. And so he's like a year and a half younger than I am. So like practically all of my life I've, I've I've been learning to live uh with like live with someone who has autism. Who's on the spectrum, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I have immense respect for people who like can delve into that world because I remember like early on when I was a kid, I like I I understood it, but I didn't really understand it. It's like, why can't you just be normal? Right. Which you know, I I in retrospect is like, I know. think when we're when we're all kids, we have that that lack of understanding, and yeah, and as you get older, you kind of you see more, you experience more, and, and and it's something you should be able to forgive yourself for. You know, yeah. I think that, I I don't think with my cousin uh, who lives in Michigan, there are moments that I'm not necessarily proud of. That I think I could have been a better cousin towards me too um, I've, I've had moments like that yeah so but that's gotta cool. forgive yourself and move on yeah as long as you he, treat him right he's, now. he said he's such a genuine person that's good um 
he's uh, you know he loves everybody unconditionally it's 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 like a uh, uh i forget what the phrase was um because i think so my family got to take a trip to the british isles somewhere uh and my mom i think i think they went to ireland i'm not i'm not positive but uh my mom had asked like it was like so you know this is my son you know he's autistic are people is there like a stigma against that um, and I don't remember what the specific, there's like a Celtic phrase, uh, I wish I could remember it, but it like translates to like, uh, children of God or something like that or something like that. That's beautiful. Um, and so it was just very like an understanding moment, like he, we're, he's cool with us sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's just, a, he's, uh, he's an artist too, actually. Actually, cool. actually a lot of my, I have a weirdly like artistic family. Like, okay. uh, well, not, not weirdly. Like it turns out that I had like an ancestor or something like that who did some paintings of his own or whatnot. And even my dad, like he, uh. He got accepted to the uh, San Francisco School of Art and Design before life turned in a different direction. Uh, but yeah, so my so I do my acting. Um, Alexander, my brother, uh, he does like amazing like artwork. I think like through like pencil among other things. And then my sister uh, does interior design work. Uh, and so we all just like in that artistic like yeah, <laughs> arena. That's great. And just like you know, just through no like through no like collaboration or like that, we all just found our moments so that's amazing yeah i love that i love that that's it's pretty innate in your family i think writing is is pretty closely related to my family mm-hmm. these days what are you doing in la so i've been i've been picking up gigs here and there it's it's again for people who are aspiring to be acting uh maybe it'll come maybe it'll come someday like where you like working constantly but it is kind of a case of like for me at right now anyway where it's like find gigs here and there um, so I've got a project coming, I've got an indie film project coming up, uh, in mid October, um, that'll be like horror themed, um, looking forward to filming that. Um, I've also been doing a lot of work lately for vet TV, um, this web channel that specializes in like military comedy st- st- style stuff. Um, and so they brought me back for several projects. Um, great group of people. Um, and then, you know, just keep plugging away like check check the casting websites every day see you know see what you can find um you know i've got acting class uh i've got my core group of friends that i hang out with i play D with a group of people um i go to board game nights i still go to board ni- game nights at mcleod's every wednesday yeah um you know where to find them guys absolutely yes <laughs> <laughs> maybe i should have kept that information to myself but anyway um but yeah no actually no come on out we're a great group of people come have fun drink um but you know, it's it's all a matter you find you find the balance and then you find the motivation to keep going. You know, you just you know find find what keeps you going. So that's I think one of the best and most like simplistic pieces of advice that you can get. Because there are so many people who who they go into their their thirties, their forties, they spend their whole entire life not knowing what gets them going. And I think that's that's one of the most Kafka esque, most tragic things that can that can happen to you. Uh, but, but I, I feel lucky, you know, me personally, I think, I think you, we, we have this luck where, and, and everyone on the show, by the way, we have found the thing that, that keeps us going and you got to experiment. You got to give yourself that chance. I think that's, that's what the 20 somethings are for is to, to figure out, uh, and to experiment and to, to even fuck up, you know? Well, so, okay. So, uh, so a couple different things. Um, I'll go back to the first one first cause I just had this flashback in my memory. <laughs> Brain um, blast. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so like my junior and senior year of high school where I was like trying to figure out like what I wanted to do and whatnot. I don't remember whether I stumbled upon this piece of information or whether it was like a piece of advice that somebody had given me. Um, and it was like, you know, because there's so many people who go to work like specifically like for the money that you can make. And it's like, I, I, I came aware of more of the mindset of like, you know, if you're doing what makes you happy, if you don't have to drag yourself to get out of bed to go to work every morning, then are you really going, are you really going to work? You know, like, because it's, you know, why, why make a lot of money and be, you know, miserable when you can like be happy. And then if I'm happy, it doesn't matter whether I'm making five figures or seven, you know, it's just. You know, it's because it's all it's all about about enjoying life, uh, and there are a remarkable number of my fellow students who are like, oh, I never thought about it like that. I'm like, come on, people. This a side small side story. This ticked me off. I was flipping through like, uh, I was I was you know lo- looking like on a social media app sort of thing sort of thing, and I saw this person who was like, if you haven't made it as an actor by thirty, then you know find a real job. And I was I almost like messaged this person and be like, who the 
hell do you think you are? Yeah, fuck that. No, person. but seriously, like, okay, if you make it in your 20s, if you make it in your 30s, great. Not everybody does. Like, not every single role out there in the world is for a young, beautiful 20 something. I mean, don't feel discouraged. Exactly. Like, okay, like some of my favorite, I mean, again, they put in a lot of work before this, but I think, uh, like, some of my favorite examples, like Harrison Ford, he got his big break when he was like in his mid 30s. Yeah. Alan Rickman didn't get his start, like, didn't get his big break until he was like his mid 30s when he did Die Hard. Uh, I want to say Morgan Freeman didn't get his break until like he was in his mid fifties. Yeah. So no. yeah, if if it's something that you if it's your passion and you genuinely enjoy doing, feel free to keep going. I mean, obviously you got to take care of number one. You know, like don't don't go homeless in order to like like do what you have to. Right. But don't be discouraged if you're not if you haven't like made your big break when you're young because there's a whole lot of life ahead of us and ahead of all of us and you. I think, I think because that I've had those moments in my life where all of a sudden things snowballed forward a few, I've really become a believer in like the mindset of like, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so don't, I mean, you know, keep at it because tomorrow's another day. Yeah. I mean, you, you're like, cause you really never know. Right. Um, it just you, takes patience. Exactly. And by the way, that's something that I struggle with. Patience is a lack of patience is my biggest flaw. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love it if I got my big, big break like tomorrow. But, right, right. Um, but I also understand, like you know, it's it's all a process. It's right. You know, I guess just not thinking too far ahead and yeah. and, and and having expectations uh, helps. I mean, you should put I mean, yourself to expectations. Yeah, I mean, d- d- don't don't be don't don't not set goals. Right. But just don't expect JJ Abrams to to randomly exactly. email you and say, hey, yeah. Let's oh, work together. Unless you've like put in the effort and been like, you know, built up some, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, Will, if someone listening on to, to you right now on the other end wanted to contact you, where's the best place to reach out? Follow me on Instagram, uh, Quigley underscore Cav, uh, Q-U-I-G-L-E-Y underscore C-A-V. I'm on Backstage. I'm on Actors Access. And, you know, if you just happen to know one of my group of people, feel free to be like, hey, can you introduce me to that guy? Like, right. I want to talk shop. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so those are probably like the easiest ways to reach out to me. Hopefully we get to have some good times. Maybe share a brew. Maybe I would some, love that. Play some board games. All of that information will be displayed in the description below. And finally, Will, to ask you the question I ask everybody on this show. Uh-oh. What will you be famous for? Uh, hopefully I will be famous for my acting career. I mean, I would. it's going to be a case of like I'll put in – I mean, I'm going to put in the time and I'm putting in the effort um, – it's kind of a case of, so I guess it kind of leans into the question of like when people ask me like, what type of acting do you most want to do? And I don't narrow it down to any one particular because I find like every single, it's, I mean, it all comes down to stories and they're all fascinating in their own way. And they each, like each role brings its own unique challenge to it. Um, and so who knows? I mean, I guess, I guess like the dream would be like, if I got like a, good like role in like a treasure hunter movie or something like that or maybe like a spy movie or something like that because I, I loved like uh i loved like the uh tom clancy movies like growing up and indiana jones uh you know like that adventurous like you know getting to travel these foreign lands uh but you know i just you know if, if i'm doing well if it's it could be for anything you know i mean hopefully not like an infamous role instead of a famous role but you know just keep at it Will Cavett, thank you so much, man. <laughs> thank you very much, man. I was so excited I got to do this. Yeah. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.